Tonight's resolution. Given our current authoritarian system, libertarians are justified using government force to prohibit private businesses from mandating COVID vaccines as a term of employment. For the affirmative, we have Alu Axelman. He's a loud, pro-freedom, pro-independent voice. He founded LibertyBlock.com and moved to New Hampshire in late 2017. Today, LibertyBlock.com is the second most visited New Hampshire website. His articles, videos, podcasts, and three books have reached millions of readers and listeners. Alu is a critical care flight, flight paramedic, uh, FTO, adjunct EMS instructor, and has worked in EMS since 2011. Alu identifies as a voluntarist. He debated New Hampshire secession last year at his uh, debut Live Free and Debate Forum. Uh, for the negative, Daniel Rothschild wants us to know that, objectively, he is one of the smartest, humblest, funniest, and sexiest persons on earth. And our debate forum is clearly fortunate to enjoy his brilliant insights. <laughs> Daniel studied economics, civil asset forfeiture, in graduate school, authoring peer-reviewed articles with Walter Block. In his free time, Daniel likes to watch movies, play games, debate, and touch consenting pretty women. <laughs> he is also a frequent star at the Shell's monthly open mic comedy nights, and this is his first formal debate, but he regularly argues on social media platforms. So thank you all for voting beforehand. The pre-debate uh, pre tallies are as follows. Those in agreement with the resolution, 21.4%. Disagree, 42.9%. And the undecided at 35.7%. So, a lot of room to win over those undecided, fellas. First of all, as I said, I'm a voluntarist, as he said in the introductions, meaning I'm an anarcho capitalist. I do not believe in any coercion force, violence, theft, especially by the government, obviously. I generally do not believe the government should exist. If the government has to exist, they should not harm anyone or uh, engage in any coercion. Their only duty, as it says in the U.S. Constitution, is to protect life, liberty, property, pursuit of happiness. All they should do is protect people from being killed or robbed, and they shouldn't be restricting anyone. Currently, this is something that I debated on Daniel's side for years, literally, on my Liberty Block podcast. And over the last two years, I was won over 100% from his side to disagreeing. And I argued bitterly with those in the Liberty community of New Hampshire. I argued strongly that we need to be principled as um, anarchists, libertarians, voluntarists. We have to be principled. Without our principles, we have essentially nothing. That's all we have. You know, We're not winning. We don't control legislatures. We don't have the, you know, the money. We don't have anything. We have principles, though. And without principles, we kind of don't have much to go on. Over the last two years, though, I have been won over. Um, I'm pretty open-minded, also pretty skeptical, both, and I don't switch my opinions, flip a 180 very often. I've done it a few times, becoming conservative to libertarian to voluntarist, so it's happened, but this is you know, the most recent switch I've had from believing private businesses should never be restricted to me up here defending, restricting private businesses from doing things like mandates. I've said many times over the past few years, any private actor, you know, uh, individual business owner can do anything they want short of violence. I've had a lot of debates with other conservatives and libertarians in the communities, in this community, who said a business should not be able to, you know, tell their secretary to go to bed with the boss or do this or other stuff that are inappropriate. And I saying as a voluntarist, they can, and they're free to leave or, you know, do what the boss asks, you know, or leave the, the workplace. So obviously I'm not a big fan of um, ADA or OSHA or any regulations. Now, why am I debating in favor of things like, I think House Bill 255 that we had a few months ago in the legislature and restricting private business? Let's set the stage. Currently, we do not have any truly private business 
anywhere in the United States, except for maybe um, one, one in a tiny amount, maybe one in a million, businesses are truly agorist or black market or anarchist. Some here might use the term agorist, meaning totally functioning outside of the system with zero restrictions by the government. And what we're going to explain, and hopefully all of you will agree at the end of the debate, is currently every single business, for instance, look at the gym or the brewery over there, or uh, any uh, Walmart, any big or small business in the state or in the union, functions more based on what government officials want than the private business owner. Put another way, a th you know, 200 years ago, or 1776, before we had United States government and all these laws, right now we have billions of laws that control businesses. 250 years ago in 1776, a business can do anything they wanted with zero government interference. A, an old saloon 245 years ago where George Washington and Jefferson would get a beer after you know, their day's work, that saloon had zero restrictions. No government official, you know, sheriff's deputy or governor or law enforcement would ever step foot in the bar you know, uh, doing any government activity unless there were a murder. Right? So they could serve liquor, they could serve beer, they could say no whites, no blacks, no men, no women, no Jews, they could do whatever they want. There was no ADA, no discrimination, none of the billions of federal and state laws we have now that control business. 245 years ago, if I were alive, I would obviously, we'd all agree, we would not support government restrictions because there were none, and that's how it should be. If I run a business, if I open a gym, which one day I will, it'll be an agorist gym. I will not follow any government edicts, like until a gym in New Jersey. If the government wants to kill me, let them kill me, I'll die as a peaceful martyr. Because I'm not going to start obeying. Currently what we have in the system is businesses where, if you look at Walmart, the, the decisions that Walmart makes, corporate throughout the union, is not based on what Mr. Walton or the board of directors or CEO or managers want. The majority, if you look at stakeholders, the majority of decision-making capacity is not done by the board of directors. It is actually done by government officials through hard and soft coercion. I don't even have to get into soft coercion of propaganda, NPR, government propaganda, and all that stuff. Hard coercion, like the government, and I have a lot of examples here, the government telling businesses, you have to do this or we will pay your employees to stay home. We will grant standing in court for employees who sue you. And that's courts, that's government. The, gov the government punishing businesses, closing them down from CMS. We could do a whole hour on just CMS, not reimbursing doctors who prescribe ivermectin. That's the government putting official government hard coercion, putting the thumb on the scale and tipping it in favor of corona fascism. So obviously this debate involves uh, businesses having a mandate for vaccines and or masks for employees and or customers. The reason that most businesses, and I actually heard this a few years ago during the beginning of the 15 days to, slow this, to flatten the curve, slow the spread, the people asking for the businesses to have mandates from the state and federal government were the business owners themselves. And I remember, I, I was incredulous. I asked this person who was an expert in this area in, in state politics, who knew what was going on in Concord. I said, why would business owners want this mandate? It obviously, it hurts business and it's not popular. Most you know, customers don't want corona fascism. And he told me the business owners in New Hampshire are the ones lobbying the most for mandates that businesses have you know, vaccine and mask mandates for employees and customers because as we have over here, and Biden said this in an executive order on January of, of 2021, he said, let's get the quote here. Workers have a federally guaranteed right to refuse employment that will jeopardize their health. And if they do so, they will still qualify for unemployment insurance, end quote. What he's saying there is any business that does not engage in corona fascism, that doesn't have vaccine and or mask mandates for employees and customers, will essentially be labeled as a dangerous work environment as per OSHA or an executive order. And then those employees who choose to stay home will be paid by the government by taxpayer money. So if you own a business and I said, you need to do such and such, otherwise I will pay your employees more than you pay them to stay home, meaning I'm gonna steal your employees from you. You have to do this. If the government does that, that is hard, real government coercion. So the government was paying people to stay home. Throughout the debate, we're going to get into a lot more ways that the government has taken over the private market. It's not just paying employees to stay home. 
It's the hard, real suppression of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and the elevation and the propagandizing of the vaccines and masks and remdesivir and, and their treatments that make them money and that they support. By the government putting out official propaganda by the FDA. I was just reminded today how the FDA officially made a, a statement saying, you're not a horse, you're not a cow, y'all. Stop taking ivermectin. That is the FDA putting their thumb on the scales. When they did that, they made real people more likely to take the vaccine or more likely to support vaccine mandates. And again, that's more on the side of soft coercion, not hard coercion. But there are many examples of hard coercion of the government controlling every business. So if you think about it, just go back to what I said about majority stake in a company. Currently, I think the basic structure of the, the venture socialist country of China, which is very similar structure to the United States, China has to, in order to get in there and to have your profits and, and to get your, your business into China, you have to give the Chinese Communist Party 51% stake in your company. So I would assume that means they make 51% of decisions and keep 51% of profit, I would assume. In the United States, I it's hard to put a 51% figure, and we can, we can debate that too. I would argue that more than half, so at least 51%, stake, essentially, in the decision-making of the average business, or at least big businesses, in the United States, including New Hampshire, because we haven't succeeded yet, is made by the government. So if you look at what are the, the biggest decisions that a business owner makes? Um, what prices to set your, your product or service? How much to pay your employees? Who to hire, who to fire, and hours operation? All those things, all those biggest decisions of a business are not made by the business owner. They're made by politicians, right? You can't pay even, no, we don't have a minimum wage. The federal government does. So we're in the union still for now in 2022. They have a minimum wage. You can't pay what you want. So when you decide to pay your employees 725, that's not your decision of your own volition. You're making it because politicians with a gun is saying, do it or we will send men with guns to punish you. You hire people based on what the government says. You can't hire certain people, or you have to hire certain people with affirmative action, other lawsuits, ADA, OSHA. There are so many things that control who you hire and who you fire. Just, I think, recently, a few weeks ago, there was a court, I think it was a state court, or it may have been a federal court in Wisconsin, said healthcare workers who wanted to leave their hospital and work and leave and move to a different hospital can't. The courts will, they cannot leave the hospital because, you know, that hospital has COVID patients and it'll make it harder to treat the pandemic. And because of corona fascism, an unprecedented ruling, they are compelled with involuntary servitude, which is the polite way of saying slavery. This court, this, this is just now a few days ago, I believe, compelled these workers to work at the hospital. So again, they said they can't change jobs. It's, you know, you don't have, you don't have bodily autonomy anymore. So almost every decision, who to hire, who to fire, how much to pay, what prices to set your, your business uh, product or service at, you know, we have price controls because price gouging is bad and people believe that because of propaganda. So based on the propaganda, the soft coercion of government schooling, which 90% of children in the United States go to government schooling, and they, people have a choice, but also financially you don't really have a choice. Because if you, send them, if you don't send them to government school, you're paying for taxes for school and paying double tuition for private school. So financially it's stupid. I think it's smart practically, but financially it is stupid to pay for two schools, right? So between the, the NPR, government-funded PBS and NPR, and government schools, and TV and indoctrination, and we could do a whole hour on how they're embedded with the biggest media companies, obviously, uh, there was another statement I think I have here where Biden said he's working with Facebook to root out all the misinformation or anything elevating ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or um, to, to talk bad or even neutral about vaccines or masks or anything. And we've all been, been censored there. And again, Facebook might be making the decision based on Zuckerberg. He might really be a corona fascist. I don't know. But when the government says they're working with them and putting real pressure on them to do it and we're threatening them with maybe Section 230 alterations if they don't comply, that again is government coercion. So I think we'd all agree the government is so involved. They have their tentacles and everything, and that's what makes it complicated. So, and let me be clear, the ideal response to corona fascism conducted by business owners, like vaccine and mask mandates for employees and customers, the ideal solution is to abolish all restrictions on business. And then we can all agree in a voluntarist, agorist society, businesses can do what they want. But right now, I, 
I guess the main thing I'm arguing is businesses, some might not, but I think many or maybe the majority of businesses who have vaccine and mask mandates in place are not doing it because the business owner wants to. And it's easy. Sometimes you can ask the business owner, do you have a vaccine mandate because you're afraid of lawsuits and the courts because they have decided, and I have some case, some cases here, that they did take the case or did not necessarily dismiss it based on a frivolous lawsuit, meaning that I think these, some of these cases will go forward and businesses are afraid they're going to be sued. Even so crazy to say that if you catch COVID in the last two weeks, every store you've been at in the last two weeks technically might have been the store where you caught COVID. You could sue that store. So essentially what the government has done is labeled these businesses that don't have vaccine mandates in place as dangerous work environments. There was a lawsuit with Walmart, I believe, in Illinois. And, and essentially the, the government agrees if you don't have a vaccine and mask mandate in your store and you don't do extra cleaning with um, you know, Lysol and extra scrubbing with sanitizers, you are legally labeled according to OSHA and the courts as a dangerous work environment. So if I'm threatening your work environment, let's say you don't have enough sanitizer and I threaten you with the label officially from OSHA and the courts and the police as a dangerous work environment, you will be incentivized with artificial government coercion to buy more sanitizer. So when you buy more sanitizers for the shell based on a threat from men with guns, did you do it of your own volition or because men with guns threatened you? Exactly. So I think it's that simple. And throughout the debate, we're going to get to a lot more evidence. And I'm curious to hear what you have to say for the opposition. So I'll let you go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I might have, well, maybe in the rebuttal I'll address. Uh, today I'm going to be arguing for what I consider to be the uh, proper uh, libertarian and ethical position, which is uh, private businesses should decide what the policy of the business should be and not government. Uh, I believe it is immoral and unethical to have decision-making power over things in which you do not have skin in the game. If you do not uh, reap the benefits, if you do not suffer the losses, you should shut the fuck up. If something, if you are not affected by the outcome, you should have no say in what goes on. So whether, so I'm not arguing, I'm arguing the opposite uh, of what Al is arguing. I'm not arguing uh, an alternative in another variant, right? I'm not saying, I think instead of libertarians supporting the use of government force to uh, prevent private businesses, uh, from uh, requiring uh, vaccines because I think vaccines are bad. Instead, we should support the use of government force to require vaccination. No, I'm saying we should not support the use of government force, end of sentence, because that, I believe, is the proper moral and ethical and libertarian position. The businesses, the shareholders, should make these decisions um, and not the state themselves. Now, uh, some people may say, and Alu uh, briefly mentioned it, that we don't have a free market that many of the decisions made by business uh, is determined by government. Well, the solution isn't more government. The solution isn't more government control, right? I mean, the fact that uh, we businesses are not f totally free isn't uh, a reason they should be less free. Look, many people have said, to use an analogy, uh, you know, we should have open borders. There shouldn't be a war on drugs, but we have the welfare state and we have to pay for your medical bills if you OD and uh, immigrants are going to collect welfare. So in some ideal world, we, we can maybe have free immigration and end the war on drugs, but we can't now. So that's why we need more statism and more government control. So um, I'm certainly not arguing that we currently have a free market, but I don't think the solution to government power is more government power. Um, now, I was at Alu's house uh, once for a party, and I don't know if he's going to make this argument, but uh, when I was at his house, there was a woman uh, who described herself as a minarchist, uh, and she agrees with Alu, uh, my statist opponent, that um, we uh, should have, that businesses should prevent, uh, that government should prevent private businesses from requiring vaccine, vaccines. 
as a condition of employment. And I asked her why, and she said, well, because if a government should exist at all, it's to protect individual rights. And requiring that you get vaccin vaccines is a violation of your bodily autonomy. And when I heard that, I'm like, that argument is completely fallacious. Okay? A business is not going to forcibly inject you with a vaccine if you don't want one. They're not going to take away your property if you refuse to get vaccinated. They're not going to throw you in a cage. They're simply going to say, you don't get vaccinated? We're just going to sever ties with you and not continue giving you money. You don't have a right to their money, so they're not violating your rights. Look, I would ask Ali the following question. Does an individual, forget businesses for a moment, does an individual have a right to say, I only want to date someone who's vaccinated? If the answer is yes, why not explain? Ex extend that same courtesy to everyone, inclu including private businesses. Um, it's not a violation of your individual rights to require vaccine as a condition of employment. If someone says, look, you want to be a kindergarten teacher with no face tattoos, no visible tattoos, they scare the kids, but the kids might tell their parents they want to get a tattoo because their teacher has one and we don't really like, and parents will complain. So if you want to work here, you can't have any visible tattoos. That's not a violation of your bodily autonomy. They're not going to say, we're going to use force to prevent you from getting a tattoo. They're simply going to say, you get a tattoo, then you're not going to work for us. And that's simply them ha uh, having their right to freely associate with who they want to associate with. And there are a lot of reasons, you know, theoretically, why businesses might want to require vaccines. They might want to say, uh, you know, I have to pay for their health care. My health premiums would go down if I uh, get my uh, uh, workers to get vaccinated. And that's a decision and choice they have to make. Now, I'm arguing uh, on this topic, uh, not because, not, not for opportunistic reasons. I'm not some employer who wants to hire people and get them vaccinated, and Alu and his damn arguments are getting in the way, and now I have to try to justify within libertarian grounds why this is okay. I'm not vaccinated myself. I have no desire to be vaccinated. I have a job. I like it a lot. I would not want to lose it. And if my boss required that I get vaccinated or leave, that would suck. So I would be made worse off under the freedom possibly that businesses have a right to terminate me if I'm not vaccinated, but I don't believe that I have a right to use government force just because I personally would be worse off. And I think partially, uh, Alu is making this argument because he's in the healthcare industry. He's, he doesn't want to lose his job and he wants the government to do his dirty work for him. Okay. He wants the government to protect his business. And he's coming up with all these arguments. Well, we already have government force. What's a little more to try to justify why it's okay for, for the government to protect his job, which is the position of every statist asshole. Now, <laughs> now uh, I, I would argue that, uh, businesses should be free to make decisions and the solution isn't more government. And of course, uh, businesses may be uh, coerced by the state into issuing vaccines, but that's only because of ma mandates, not because they're free to make their own choice. See, I want diversity and he wants a one size fits all. Every single business should be prevented from issuing vaccines. I want diversity. I want variety. You, you want to only be around workers that are vaccinated? There's a, uh, there's a a company that caters to your need. You don't give a shit either way, there's a company that caters to your need. You don't want to be around anyone who's vaccinated and, the, and the, the workers require that you not get vaccinated to work for them. There may be a business to cater to your need, but he wants one size fits all. Every business should not be allowed to vaccinate their workers and we're gonna put all our eggs in one basket and, and we're gonna have the all wise top down central planning of every government dictate to the business what their policies concerning employment should be. 
And that, I don't think, is ethical. I don't think it's very libertarian. And I think the argument that, well, we're not already free and this is only some fragile world, I mean, I think that's completely ridiculous. You can make the same argument for restricting immigration and, and, and banning drugs because, you know, we have a socialized medicine. So I, I think those arguments are completely uh, fallacious. Um, now, uh, I would also argue that uh, this, is, this is practical because, you know, if businesses were free to make their own choice, then, and we had a market, then the market would, would, would reveal people's preferences. You know, maybe, maybe businesses that required vaccines would make money, maybe they lose money, uh, you know, with this rule. And, you know, that would be the deciding factor, uh, not the state, not government. Um, you know, uh, he, he mentioned that he wrote a book called Corona Fascism. I haven't read it, although based on your arguments, I'm assuming you're pro. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I'm not, I'm not, and uh, I think people should be free to make their own choices, and the solution is not more, more government. Um, and I'm not arguing this position, as I mentioned, because I, 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 I like vaccines or want vaccines. I think, look, I think a business has a right to make any choice they want concerning employment, you know? When I was at, uh, you know, a business has a right to say, you want, you want to work for me? You have to give up your firstborn child for adoption. And you have a right to say, that's ridiculous, I'm out. But people have a right to make any request they want. When I was at Alu's house, this same woman who defended vaccines, she goes, well, what would you think if your boss said, in order to have sex with, in order to continue work here, you would have to have sex with me? And I said, well, you know, if it was Kate Beckinsale, it would be great, you know? But if it's my current boss, I would say, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I'd have to find another job because I find, you know, that standard not acceptable. You have the freedom to quit if you don't find someone's standards right. And I don't think you should use force because you want to protect your job or uh, protect someone else. And I think the answer is more freedom uh, and, 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 and not less. And there is no violation uh, of individual rights that occurs by a business requiring you uh, to get vaccinated. All they're doing is, look, uh, many libertarians uh, defend, you know, the rights, and, and Alu mentioned this, of people to not hire someone if they're Jewish or they're black or they're left-handed or they're gay or whatever. And, you know, libertarians say that's sort of obnoxious to, to not hire someone uh, or to not service someone for that, but it's their right to freely associate. You don't want to hire someone because of this. Um, that's acceptable. So why isn't it not acceptable uh, when it's requiring vaccines? Right, if, right, and one of the things that I find interesting is that this draconian view that 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 he has of Biden. How dare Biden and these politicians require the use of government force to force people to be vaccinated who won't, don't want to be as a condition of employment? But you think it's okay to use force uh, by government as a condition of employment? You just want to use force in a different direction. You're not you're not against the principle because if if he agreed with me on principle that there should be no policy. Uh, uh, and and uh, of government determining uh, what the conditions are for employment, there wouldn't even be a debate. We'd agree. Businesses should be free to do what they want. So he, he, he's just basically saying, no, no, I think it's wrong to use force for against the people I hate, but it's okay to use force. Uh, uh, it's okay to use force against the people I hate, but not against the people I like. It's, it's, it's wrong to use force to require vaccines, but to prohibit uh, vaccines, uh, it's okay. I'm saying I think it's wrong to use force at all. And the idea that uh, we don't have perfect freedom and all and many businesses are required uh, uh, by gov make many decisions determined by government may be true, but the solution isn't yet more government decision-making power. The the solution is less freedom, 
And what argument do you have towards someone who says, who supports Biden's position? Well, you know, I think uh, businesses should use force to make people get vaccinated, right? What's your argument going to be? I'm sorry, but the government doesn't have a right to make policies considering what people's terms of employment are. That's what the business should, should decide for themselves. You can't make that argument because then there's no debate because that's my argument. So your argument basically is, well, I don't like force in that area. I like force in that area instead. And that's not really persuasive, right? It's, it's like when people on the left saying it's wrong to steal from, from the poor. It's better to steal from the rich. Well, that's ridiculous. It's wrong to steal, uh, right? All they're saying is, I think force is okay as long as it's used against causes that I believe in. And that is not very libertarian. Thank you very much. Hey, I'm You are funny. I'm the biggest fan of your comedy. So um, one of the things you said that was the funniest was that I am in healthcare and it's true I'm a paramedic and I want the government to do my dirty work. Um, I, 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 I see where you're going with that. Now that I think about it, I, I guess now that yes, that's a part you know that does make sense. We, we set this debate. We set this debate months ago. And Frank is a witness. We set this debate months ago before the Supreme Court decision on I think striking down OSHA, but. Uh, Agreeing with the mandate on healthcare workers, so and I didn't even know the status whether it was it was uh, blocked by a court or active. So I, I actually, to be honest, I was busy working on the next book about criminal fascism and how Daniel's not a real libertarian. So I, I was not paying attention. I was not paying attention to that Supreme Court, but but that is a decent point. So fair point. What I, I mentioned, but I want to speak a little more to it now. I mentioned in my opening statement. Everyone here has heard of a, a public-private partnership. Now that's a neutered way, a laundered way of saying fascism. The definition of fascism is the government being in bed with private business. As I said, there's no such thing as a private business. There's black market, there's me selling books, there's him selling weed in his house. That's black market. That's agorism. There's no government involvement in that. But every business we have now is government sanctioned. A corporation means the government has given you permission, given you some immunity, and the government is so involved. So think of a public-private partnership. For instance, we all know here, here in New Hampshire, the state police, that's government. Would you be okay restricting the government, for instance, the state police? Every bill that restricts police and holds them more accountable and, and disarms them a little bit, we all support as libertarians. If we support restricting government schools and what government schools can do to abuse children, we all support restricting government. The case that I'm making is that these entities may be a bit lesser than the state police or the governor. These entities, every entity besides for tiny agorism, you know, peer-to-peer -peer black market transactions, every business with a storefront, almost every business, uh, especially corporations like Walmart, Amazon, uh, big CVS, they are essentially, maybe not 100%, but they are public-private partnerships because the government is so involved in their day-to-day -day operations. I was just thinking about hospitals. I don't think I mentioned hospitals. To open a hospital, you probably have to jump through millions or billions of federal and state hoops as far as licenses. You cannot open a hospital. There's a reason there are only like five or eight hospitals in the state of New Hampshire, right? Because to open, you probably have to get tremendous amounts of federal and state licenses and hire maybe a thousand lawyers to be able to go through the billions of pages of federal laws. And you have to comply with OSHA, even more than other businesses, because you're a hospital. You have to be totally compliant with OSHA and ADA policies. So if someone has a wheelchair, you have to have ramps to every floor and elevators and accessible to a wheelchair. So every single decision they make, how wide their elevator is, their stairs, how many stairs they have, their light bulbs, their toilets, every single thing is controlled by the federal government. Every single light bulb in this place, we're in the union, every light bulb and toilet is federally regulated. Hospitals especially. To open a hospital, you have to be in bed with the government. If you step out of line, the government can punish you. But CMS, the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services, takes it a step further. Because I believe 70, over 70% 70 of reimbursement, so of payers with insurance in the United States, pay primarily with Medicaid and or Medicare. That means, and that government, obviously the federal government, is the gatekeeper to that. 
For instance, they say, they determine, CMS determines what is reimbursable. So, you know, in EMS, we see this a lot. Something has to be medically necessary. If you go to the hospital and they transfer you to a hospital 10,000, you know, 100 miles away, if the ambulance ride is not really necessary, insurance won't be reimbursed, right? So something you have to justify the medical necessity of a procedure or a transport or, or a hospital stay or admission. Currently, what CMS is inevitably going to do is stop reimbursing hospitals. And I think they've already stopped, I believe a few months ago, the CMS announced they're not going to reimburse, actually Blue Cross, another not government, but semi-government agency, Blue Cross is one of the big insurances, said they're not going to reimburse any um, doctor for ivermectin. Again, this is the government, and did Blue Cross do that of their own religion? Most likely, CMS being extremely close, because insurance companies are essentially part of the federal government at this point, it was probably done because the federal government wanted that, either with hard or soft coercion. But when CMS inevitably stops reimbursing any hospital or any you know, healthcare institution, unless 100% of their employees are 100% fully vaccinated, and fully vaccinated means you got the, the latest booster up to number three or four, whatever they're up to now, plus two weeks to let it take effect. So unless everyone's fully vaccinated or 90% compliance, they're not going to reimburse. Once that happens, I'll ask Daniel in the Q&A section, will he support restricting the hospitals once CMS has made it clear that they're going to put the federal government weight on the scale of not reimbursing hospitals? who do not have a fully you know, vaccinated or masked compliance, or if they don't have masks every three feet in the hallways, or if they have more than 1% of patients unmasked, or whatever the metric is, CMS, the federal government, is inevitably going to stop reimbursing, unless they might have already done it. They probably have plans to do it. Once they stop reimbursing hospitals, or, or even small doctors, any healthcare institution, uh, surgical centers, or urgent care centers, once they stop reimbursing, unless you fully comply with coronafascism, which we know they're going to do this, then will we support restricting them? Because again, this is how we have to frame it. And this is how I think this debate could be won. It's a hard debate, but because we all believe the government shouldn't restrict anyone. Think of it as not restricting private business. I don't want to restrict private business. As I said, I'm a voluntarist. Think of it as restricting the government. Think of it as restricting the police, the schools, the hospitals are public private partnerships between the government and the private sector. They are fascist. They are semi-governmental. And, and there are businesses like this. You know, we have liquor stores are somewhat private, but government, the state government runs them. Uh, maybe Kohl's, maybe MTA in New York State, in New York City. The MTA, the Metropolitan Transit Authority, I think is a uh, partnership between the state government, the city government and private entities, right? So there are plenty of, of public-private partnerships. And there are tons of these where the government has one part, Moderna, I think the Moderna vaccine and or the uh, patent for it is half owned by Moderna, but also half owned by either the NIH or CDC. So the government can actually own patents. Apparently the NIH or CDC owns like hundreds of patents, which I didn't realize, and obviously it's inappropriate for the government who regulates these things to own the patents to the medications. So there's a lot of fascism, we all agree with that. And the, the solution right now, unless we can abolish the government in the snap and we can't do realistically, the solution is restricting these governmental or semi-governmental agencies. There are plenty of agencies that are semi-governmental. I am fine restricting the government. And in this case, it sucks to say it, but yes, in this instance, when Walmart does things because the government forces them to, like puts a gun to their head and says, if you don't do this, we're going to pay your employees to leave. Yes, I'm okay restricting the government and the government's fascist partners. So thank you. Well, I, I think I won the debate because <laughs> Al hasn't made, all he's done is gone off topic. Tonight's topic isn't, are businesses really truly private or not? Tonight's topic is, should government restrict private businesses from issuing a vaccine as a condition of employment? He hasn't made that argument. His entire opening statement and his entire rebuttal has just been like, there is no totally private business. That's not the debate. That's not the debate. When someone's full of shit, they have to distract you from other topics, okay? The debate is, should private businesses be free to require vaccines as a condition of employment or not? Saying, well, there really is no private business and every business is in bed with the state. That's not the, you're, you're, you're skirting the issue. 
All right, let's assume there are private businesses. Now, should these private businesses be free to acquire vaccines as a condition of employment or not? You haven't answered that question. All you're saying is no business is truly private. And that's not what the debate topic is. So you're getting off track. Now, I would also say that this argument is, well, no business is truly private because you need government licenses and regulations and you have to pay taxes and blah, blah, blah. I mean, all that's ridiculous. I mean, look, I, I drive on government roads. Am I part of the government? Am I semi-fascist because I use government roads or pay taxes or, you know, uh, may wear clothes or eat food, you know, that's been approved by an FDA or by some health code? I mean, that's completely ridiculous. Amazon or, uh, or some private business or mom and pop store isn't part of the state because they have to comply with regulations that are imposed on them, and the solution isn't to impose more regulation. But you actually haven't made any argument arguing in favor of why uh, government should restrict business, private businesses from requiring vaccines as a condition of employment. So are you going to do that, or are you just going to confuse people by talking about other things that's not the debate topic? Let's assume there's private businesses, which is, and then argue in favor of should they be forced to, to set their own, should they be free to set their own policy, or should government determine the policy for them? That's a debate topic. Saying no business is truly private has nothing to do with anything because that's not what the debate topic is tonight. Um, so I think that Alu is trying to sidetrack you and not and not making any arguments. And why isn't he making any arguments? Maybe because he doesn't have any. Maybe because there are no arguments on his side, so he's just trying to say other things like there are no really private businesses and all these other things. You know, I I, I don't I don't know. You know, I, but none of the none of these have to do with with uh, with tonight's debate topic. So I think I won the debate if he's not even going to debate what tonight's topic is. So when are you going to do that? When are you going to say, here's why, here, let's assume for the sake of argument, there are private businesses, here's why I think government should uh, prevent them from requiring vaccines as a condition of employment. Because that's t tonight's debate topic, and you haven't addressed that question yet. So I think I won the debate because he's not actually doing uh, the debate. Um, I'm not sure what else to say. Uh, how many more minutes do I have? Three? All right, I'll say something in three minutes, I guess. No, no, no. Okay, so what I... Now, um, I, I, I don't really believe in this uh, distinction, I guess, between uh, pragmatism and principles. Uh, principles are, what are the practical rules you need in order to have a good life? When people say, oh, uh, uh, we have to be pragmatic, that's just an excuse to not be principled. There is no separation between pragmatism and principles. And the principal position, I believe, is uh, freedom of association, uh, uh, diversity, uh, people with skin in the game being free to make their own decisions and not some top-down central planner who doesn't, doesn't suffer the losses. A business goes bankrupt uh, because they uh, decide to follow you know, your all-wise solution and they say, okay, we're going we're gonna to not require vaccines as a condition of employment. And people maybe don't want to shop with a, a, a business that employees aren't vaccinated or they don't feel comfortable entering the store and the business lose money. Is the government going to suffer? Are they going to suffer uh, as a result of uh, uh, the business's health premiums uh, going up? No, th the business is. So why should the people who are the ones uh, who suffer the consequences not be the ones being free to make the choices instead of the all-knowing state? should make the choices for you on what uh, the policy should and shouldn't be. 
And I think it's important to not be sidetracked and get in the semantic argument of, well, there is no truly free business. Just don't think of it as restricting businesses. Think of it as restricting the state. Well, that's not tonight's topic. Tonight's topic is should private businesses be restricted by government to require vaccines or not? So for the sake of argument, we'll grant our private businesses. Now make an argument in favor why you think they should be restricted from setting their own policies instead of saying, well, there are no really private businesses. Therefore, we're not really restricting them. Thank you. My first question is. Just stand up there, the mic is there, something. Caesar, already telling me what to do. Uh, <laughs> all right. My first question is since tonight's debate topic is you believe businesses should not be able to require vaccines as a condition of employment, instead of arguing whether any business is truly free or not, can you make the case for why, assuming that they are free, they should be restricted? No. <laughs> well, I think it was pretty obvious what the tactic was, was going to be tonight. I'm not arguing that if businesses in, in a world where we had real actual freedom, which, you know, currently the United States is, is closer to China than it is to actual freedom agorism. I think we agree with that. It, I, what I want to argue is in common parlance, when people say private business, they mean Walmart. People don't think about it. And yet it's semantics and us libertarians are academic and we're smarter than them. So be it if that's the case. People think that you know Walmart and CVS and even small grocery stores are private business. My argument, yes, I agree. It's not 100% making the case that we should restrict private business. No sane libertarian or anyone besides a communist would make an argument. Or, you know, most of the modern left and the center. But <laughs> the argument is that the businesses are not private. And it's the reason that I'm saying this is it's not obvious. People don't realize just how involved the government is. And, and the, the main point tonight, again, I know it's a heavy lift. The main point I want you all to understand is the businesses are not making decisions of their own volition. They're doing it because the government has essentially put a gun to their head. Sometimes it's real men with guns. Sometimes it's forcing CMS to drop their insurance. Sometimes it's uh, restricting them from getting a job anywhere in the entire state. Uh, there are so many different ways the government is forcing the hand of businesses. It's not their decision. And, and that's, I think, the focal point. The people aren't making the decision based on what they want. They're doing it because someone has a gun to their head. And there are a lot of cases like this. There are literally federal laws saying a state or a business has to make a mandate. Until a few years ago, there was a federal law saying New Hampshire has to make a law. So they made a law saying you have to make a law banning sports betting. So they can tell you, you have to make a mandate. I force you to force them. I force you to force him to do something. You know, that's, that's how it works sometimes. So that's, I think, the focal point. But yeah, thanks for the question. Uh, can I ask him a question now? It's inevitable that the, the federal government and or the, the CMS will force private insurers, we know there are only five, five big health insurance companies, it's like uh, United, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, uh, you know, three others, Aetna, when they force them to drop all businesses that are not fully vaccinated, fully compliant with the mask and current fascism, what are you going to do then? Will you support restricting the businesses, restricting CMS? Uh, will you understand the solution is one and the same, restricting the businesses and or CMS? I mean, so let me make sure I understand your question. Your question is, uh, I would, well, I think your question is, you know, suppose health insurances, you know, uh, that are complying with a government edicts restrict uh, uh, or deny uh, private businesses health care coverage as a result of complying with mandates. Well, under that case, I would say uh, get rid of the government edicts, right? I wouldn't get rid of the government force. That's what I would say. Um, 
not uh, not have more government force. That's that's what I would say. But I, I, and maybe I'm one of these uh, crazy people, ignorant people. But I, I think CVS and Walmart are more private than they're public. I mean, sure, you know, maybe they get some tax subsidies and and and, and who knows? And I'm against that. But they're, I mean, they're a private business in the sense that you know they they have shareholders. They're they're started from their own capital. They're not they're not. You know, I mean, they're as private in, in the world we live in as they could be. They're not a government agency. They can go bankrupt. They can be subject to profit and loss. Um, they have. I mean, who goes to Kmart anymore? So, you know, I, uh, I think these are private businesses. I think it's sort of just arbitrary to say, well, these these aren't. But in answer to your question, I, I, I would say I would be in favor of getting rid of the, the requirements done by government. That's what I would argue for. Not that businesses should not be free to make their own choices. Maybe later, Ron. Let's hear from the audience. Yeah, I'll, you guys want to raise your hand, and I'll call on whoever has their hand up first. So, um, I'll, I'll ask the question of Alan. Uh, Alan, so I'm concerned that, of course, you know, by uh, saying that we should support mandates against businesses. We're, we're normalizing that. We're the only group that actually says businesses should be free. People should be able to associate. And and you're not only you're not only normalizing it, but this is also a double-edged sword that can be used against us later on. So how would we ever, if, if we're really, if we what we really want is human freedom, and what we really want is is people to be able to associate however they voluntarily want to associate. How do we ever roll this back? If we're just saying, yeah, no, no, we, we, we can set any controls on businesses that we want. I just see this heaping up. Excellent question. I'll repeat it for the microphones. Dennis asked, this is a double-edged sword and it's a trap if we lose our principles and support mandates, the mandates will pile up. And that's a great question. Um, I think the solution, and like I said before, we all agree the solution is restrict is restricting the government. So number one, I think of this, as I said before, as restricting not private business. And I would agree. Listen, if the agorist businesses, they'll be exempt. So when I write this legislation in my dreams, when I'm dictator of New Hampshire, because it's dictator now, so you made it officially a dictator position, not governor. I will say all businesses that identify as agorist, meaning you do not comply with anything, never have, never will, or in the last 10 years, you have not complied with any government system, no taxes, no restrictions, no permits. They are exempt from this mandate, from, from this uh, mandate ban, right? Because what we're doing here is we're preventing uh, semi-governmental businesses from restricting, from uh, mandating vaccines and masks and so forth. Agorist businesses are exempt. And, and I think that's where you know, we can agree and that makes sense because anyone besides agorist businesses, like you said, Walmart and CVS, Walmart and CVS are majority government. Again, like I said before, the go everyone, every single person Walmart's ever hired and fired and paid and this and that and ADA, every single light bulb and toilet in the store, every product in the store is totally approved and given the blessing and the stamp by the federal government. Everything they do. Is there anything more essential to a business than hiring, firing, setting prices and hours of, of operation? They were all, you know, the government shut them down overnight. Walmart used to be open till around midnight. Now it's open until 8 p.m. during Corona fascism. Walmart sets the hours. Every single thing. What is a business do they operate you know they pay they pay employees they sell products everything is totally controlled by the government so you said they're not 51 percent yeah i can make the case that walmart is you know i don't know 50 80 90 percent controlled by the government yes it looks like they have shareholders and private business and, and all that stuff but they're not really private so yeah the solution is is abolishing government restrictions and again like you said principle and that and what i wanted to mention is you said our principles are are uh, being diminished and that is the sickest thing the saddest thing the government has destroyed everything status tyrants have destroyed everything including our own simplicity of our own principles our own soul all i have is principles we're not winning you know all, all libertarians anarchists have is principles and even that as i realized when i when i flipped on this debate you had a year ago 
is even our principles are now getting murky gray area because even they are not that consistent anymore. And I've always said I have consistent principles, but I guess I guess not. Technically, you'd be right if you said I'm not consistent because I support these restrictions essentially. So it does suck, and I acknowledge that. I agree that, that the government, and I do believe the government has destroyed our principles because they've made it a fascist environment. But yeah, I, I agree that as libertarians, voluntarists, we do need to keep the focus on get rid of restrictions. And I had a, a debate with Chris Nuno on Twitter on Facebook one night. He was commenting back and forth, and I said we have business restrictions already on hospitals. And Sununu Chris said, nope, we have no restrictions on any hospitals in New Hampshire. And I said, no, I know we have millions or billions of restrictions on hospitals. And he said, nope, we don't have, you know, hospitals are 100% private. Never mind that two of the hospitals are now run literally by the government. But every other hospital has to comply with state and federal edicts. So that, yes, let's make the focus restricting or you know, minimizing the amount of restrictions that the government has. Get rid of business licenses, get rid of zoning, get rid of taxes, get rid of ADA, get rid of OSHA, get rid of all of this stuff. That should be our focus. And we can all agree on that, we all do agree. The focus has to be getting rid of government restrictions and then we'll have a free market. Once we have a free market, like we did in 1776, once we roll back you know, the billions of regulations, then we can all agree that private businesses are free to do anything in the world they want, no matter how how reprehensible that you know they can they can want to hire only whites only blacks only men only women and they can tell every secretary they got to be the boss that's again i've argued this my whole life until about a year ago private businesses can do anything they want like individuals can do anything they want I, and you, you mentioned a minute ago or a few minutes ago that the argument that the government should should protect our natural rights from anyone including employers i don't make that argument i agree it's a bad argument saying the government should protect us from any from violence and an employer asking you to get a vaccine is violence i, I agree that's not a good argument at all some conservatives make that argument i do not at all that that's totally not the argument i'm making so i hope that helps answer the question thank you What's that all about? And is it really so black and white? He asked, and I'm not sure if I understand the question. He asked, New Hampshire state government may force the vaccine yeah. or ban vaccine mandates? No, they may be forced to yeah, either ban them or uh, make them necessary, make them mandate their use. No, you mentioned at some point that the states will force any state, including New Hampshire, to either make a decision, to make a legislation to force vaccination, or uh, we could follow the opposite, like Florida did, to make a mandate to ban vaccination. To uh, ban vaccine mandates or to ban vaccines? To ban vaccine mandates by yep. businesses. Y yes, I, I would agree that you know, if, I think Florida did something like that. We should prevent businesses, and that's what I'm arguing here, we should prevent businesses from mandating vaccines on their employees and customers because of the arguments I've, I've made already tonight that they are not really private. They, they are more government influenced than they are privately influenced. For instance, if you open a business and whatever kind of business it was, even if it's a, a cake shop that makes cakes for weddings, the decisions you make are not really yours. They are the government's. They tell you, you will make this cake from scratch, customized with two men on it, wearing black tuxedos, you will do this or we will send them with guns to punish you. He didn't make that decision, the cake shop in Colorado. That was the government making decisions for him. Even cake shops, every single business, again, from light bulbs to toilets to, I'm sure, couches and lights and, and uh, you know, outlets, everything. Everything is run by the government. So I hope that helps answer the question. Yeah, Florida did it. I, that is what I'm supporting, banning uh, vaccine mandates from businesses. Yeah, but, sorry, my question was more like, is it really that white and black? I mean, do they really have, I mean, we as people, like in New Hampshire, do we, the state does, Will it really be forced to take one or the other? I mean, there is a middle ground there. Like, like let businesses do what they want. Yeah, I, I think I understand your question at least somewhat. It's not, it's not one or the other. It's not binary. The state can do. Um, the state can do nothing right now and allow some businesses to have mandates and some, and some won't have mandates. Um, 
Yeah, so it's not totally binary. I don't know if the feds would force us to pick one or the other. You're right. There is a middle ground. The state can force vaccines or they can ban vaccine mandates or they can do nothing. So there, there is that middle ground there, I suppose. Yep. Thank you. Uh, for Daniel or for me? Uh, for you all. Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll ask you some questions. Okay, I'll get you involved. So uh, multiple times you've mentioned this distinction between uh, what you've called agorist or black market businesses and uh, essentially fascist or uh, in other terms, uh, public-private partnerships um, that, uh, and made the case really uh, forcefully that uh, these businesses, they're effectively not running their businesses if every decision about running their business is decided by the government and not by them. Bingo. Um, I am a little confused about the distinction you make because I see that any sort of agorist or black market business is also making all of their decisions based off of the government regulations. Like, I don't see that the the companies that are complying are actually all that different from the companies that are not complying because as a, biz as a business owner um, who is going to operate in an agorist or black market fashion, uh, I am going to be making decisions based off of whether or not I think the government is going to encroach on me or not. And so my, how much of my decisions am I going to own if I am also ending up making decisions based off of government regulation, even though I'm not complying with it? Excellent question. I, I want to make sure I understand exactly. Are you saying black markets, you know, agorist businesses are essentially um, making some decisions based on the government because leaving is an act and leaving the government system is essentially an act related to the government? Or are you saying they're still acting in a way that they're still afraid of getting jammed up legally? So even though they're agorists, they're still somewhat um, coerced by regulations because they don't want to get arrested or fined. Is that what you're yes, saying? Okay. because I'll, I'll be limited on the employees I can hire and the sort of hours that I would be able to operate based off of my assessment of the government regulations and whether or not I, what, what the risk is of running afoul of those. Yeah, it's a great I question. Making, I mean, some- I making decisions uh, based off of those regulations, maybe more so than the businesses who don't have the time to understand the risk of every regulation that yeah. they are running afoul of. Yeah, that's an excellent question. Very interesting point. I hadn't thought about it before. Um, yeah, I guess some agorist businesses, you know, some are totally courageous and, and not afraid of the government even arresting them, like Attila's Gym in New Jersey. They said you can't open, they opened, and yes, they got arrested and fined, and some some do that, but you're right, some are afraid. If I had a business, a part of me would be afraid, and I would do some actions that would be done primarily to avoid getting arrested or, or killed by a government agent, so that's true. Um, you know, there's no great answer. I, I think the solution, as always, comes back to we need to minimize the government until the government doesn't exist anymore in a way that coerces anyone. You know, that, that's the answer for everything. Um, but ultimately, the, the point still stands that the agorist businesses are not following the actual regulations. So yeah, there's a little bit of fear there. They're afraid cops will come and kill them. But as far as businesses that do every single thing they do, their hiring and firing is literally off of the government, you know, state and federal laws and guidelines of OSHA and ADA and minimum wage laws and everything else, everything they do. I would still say, I understand your point, but I would still say that the, the big businesses that are in the system and not agorist are much more in that public-private partnership. Thank you. I have a question for Dan. I, I don't want Dan to feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So then, you know, we actually did a lot of work on the resolution trying to make sure that we don't have a technical win here. Right. And you went for the technical win. You know, well, there's no, you know, the private, the private business. Now, there's, there's the private business that's, that's in common parlance. Right. You know, what we think of as private business, which Alan was arguing this is not really a private business. Right. You're saying, but there's also a private business that's in the libertarian ideal, right? So it's a technical foul. Uh, I'm just. Well, I'm saying that. I'm saying that it's it's, it's a good point, but it's a okay. technical point. Right. Um, would you agree that if there were uh, uh, no private businesses, that the government, you know, the government actually controlled all businesses, yeah. and just called some businesses private, right? That that at that point would it be okay for like the the, the federal government controls all the businesses, and the state actually passes a law that says no, you cannot you cannot uh, uh, do these mandates. So that it almost becomes a federal versus a state battle yeah. over who controls this right. these things that are, are, are you know nominally controlled you know sure. they're, they're they're private yeah. right we, because we say they're private yeah. but the federal government controls them and now the state tries to buy them. Sure, I mean if if your if your question uh, is you know there are businesses that um, that if, suppose that there are really no private businesses and they're just called it technically but they're all governmental then you know would it be okay for the states to make decisions over the federal government i'm in favor of decentralization as much as possible so yes but uh i think alu's arguments of well you know there are all these uh things look if, if government institutes a minimum wage a business isn't now semi-governmental because they have to comply with a minimum wage and that seems like the argument that alu that's no that seems like what the argument no that's what you're saying you're saying you're saying you're saying well you know you, there's a minimum wage and therefore you're you're really part of the state no there are these things that the state compels me to do otherwise they'll hurt me uh, and that doesn't make me part of the state now right i mean it's, it's so i think uh, I, th I think it's silly. The, f the fact that, that the light bulbs I have to buy have regulations or I don't be fine doesn't make me a state agency. Um, but, uh, but yes, in answer to your question, I, I would say at that point, you know, I, I believe in federalism, decentralization as much as possible. That's the reason, you know, I, I'm a, a, an anarchist. Um, so yeah, but I, I but I but I, re I reject his idea that a business isn't isn't truly private if they have to comply with government edicts because that's not their fault. They're just the victim. So why are you furthering their victimization by calling them part of the government? Yeah, yeah. Can I rebut that? No. Well, my argument was somewhat different than uh, somewhat the same as Dennis's, but I. Is a question? It, no, no, question, yeah. Yes. It, it is Dan, Daniel, because Lou's gotten a lot of questions. Thank you, I appreciate I have, it. I have, a, I have questions to Lou, but um, wasn't the resolution um, under current conditions? And what does under current Ooh. conditions mean to you? Doesn't that mean corona fascism, where right. like, the government is controlling the propaganda, the government is using OSHA mandates to uh, already get a bunch of people fired in the jet, in, uh, in, uh, you know, we've, we've already, I knew, I knew a person in L, you know, LPNH. Got a booster, got sick because hmm. his employer right. made him get the vaccine. Right. So, well, under what? Under what? What is the resolution? Wasn't it so under? It states, current, given our current authoritarian system, libertarians are justified using so government force to prohibit the private business. Right. So, 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 We're so not arguing an ideal utopia. I just No, I, I got it. So, I would, my response to that is, my response to that is, uh, freedom is good under any condition. That, that I, you don't need, uh, uh, well, first of all, I don't believe in utopia. I think the only people who call anarchy utopia are its critics. But uh, I, I think that, that uh, I, I'm not making the argument that under some ideal scenario, this is what I believe. I believe freedom is good under any scenario. So even under the scenario in which uh, we live, 
that uh, see, you offended these people for leaving out. Um, <laughs> but no, so I think even under conditions I, which we live, I mean, look, I would say freedom's good at any point. So uh, I'm not just saying, you know, uh, libertarian principles are only good under a scenario where, where we have perfect liberty. I think the whole point of being a libertarian is that we can apply these principles in today's world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dan, are there, uh, and if there are, what are the conditions for which you would say a company is no longer private? Can you list them? Can you enumerate them? Would it be like a 51% ownership of stock? Would that be necessary? Um, would it be um, complete like uh, inflows and outflows control? Um, do you think this has ever existed? Like in former governments, it seems to be the case that there were uh, businesses or what were businesses that were then uh, taken over by governments. And so I'm just interested if you have an idea, a concrete idea of at what point uh, is a business to be considered part of the government and when is it to be considered not a part of the government? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a good question. I don't really know, but I don't think that's relevant to tonight's debate. So my intuition is to sort of just dismiss that question. But um, <laughs> because I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's relevant to the conversation at hand. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think uh, we'll use intuition and common sense. I don't, I don't know when a business ceases to be private or not. Uh, I mean, th these are good questions. I think they're hard to answer. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it, it matters uh, for tonight's debate. I mean, I think we know that a business is not considered a business if it's a, if the business itself didn't even have origins as a private business. If it was enacted by a state, was signed to law, things like that, that we know is governmental because it was created, right? We, you know, to call, let's say, the Federal Reserve a private bank, I mean, that's silly. It was signed into law by the President of the United States. The chairman is appointed by the President of the United States. The Federal Reserve can be ended if the President decides to. So that's totally a, 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 a governmental agency. Um, you know, what was that cartoon? The Federal Reserve is as federal as Federal Express. No, it's not. That's stupid. It is a federal agency. Uh, but I would say uh, if a business has origins of st starting through private uh, investment and shareholders and capital, uh, I think it sort of uh, is uh, pretty much, you know, as close to private as it can be. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, there, there are, I, I, people are opportunistic by nature, you know, I, I, you know, to say, well, you know, there's this business that accepts government subsidies. Look, I'm not in favor of government subsidies. I don't think a business isn't necessarily private if they, if, if they exist or if they take them, because, you know, that's just sort of the world uh, in, 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 in which we live. So I'm not arguing in favor of government subsidies. Um, but I, I don't think the, the fact that a business isn't 100% private necessarily implies that it must now be part of the government. Well, I have a question for David. Yeah, what is it? It's a great question, Ben Mo. You know, you know plenty of people in Congress do actually own stocks. So a lot of these companies might actually be 51% owned by members of Congress. Of course, they, they you know, got some great info, not insider info, I can't allege that legally, but they sold at exactly the right time before the big crash of coronavirus in 2020. So they own plenty of stocks, so there's that. But I have a question for you. You said, you know, if you don't know where the line is, if it's fascist, government-owned, or private, it's complicated, so you agree it's complicated, fascist, semi-government, public-private partnership. What if a business were started called, you know, Corona Fascism Incorporated? A business started, and the owners, you said, started from the ground up, you talked about. 
and the owners who started. I heard that. <laughs> the owners who started happened to be named um, Elizabeth Warren, Bernard Sanders, and Joseph Biden, and Barack Obama are the people who start this private business. Right. Then, would you support restricting that business? And, uh, probably not. Um, no. I mean, if it's actually a private business, no. Because I think it's important to be principled, and the fact that some politician decides to start a private business uh, uh, does it. But again, I, we're getting sidetracked. The debate topic is should uh, uh, um, uh, private businesses to be be free to require vaccines as a condition of employment, or sh they shouldn't be. All these questions of what really constitutes a private business, or these are just semantic debates that are sidetracking from the issue and have nothing to do with the conversation at hand. So part of me feels like I don't really want to answer them because they're not about what the debate topic is. And I think I'm not a politician, so I don't want to distract you by questions that are not relevant to the, co the conversation that we're having. Yes, yeah. Uh, this is Dalu. Um, All right. So, uh, like, this is really seems to be focused on large businesses, like Fortune 500 company. But, like, the vast majority of uh, employment in this country is smaller, medium-sized businesses. And uh, why, why are, um, is the, does the scenario change with these businesses? And why aren't they uh, victims? Like, I worked uh, more victims of this. I worked for a company that was right on the edge of uh, 100 employees before. It was a really stressful uh, situation for them. Um, and um, a lot of these businesses, uh, regulations hurt them, taxes hurt them. And since, um, yes, some of the big businesses are benefited by government, but a lot of these small businesses have been totally screwed by government during COVID fascism. So, um, like, why, why uh, what, what's the distinction there? And uh, would you force those businesses? Excellent question. I'll repeat it for the recordings. Scott asked, is there a distinction between the, the biggest businesses, massive corporations, and tiny mom and pop shops? And since, as Daniel already exposed me, I have no principles, I'm willing to concede that when I'm dictator, I, I may have an exemption for totally agorist businesses and maybe very, very small businesses who have maybe less than two employees. But really, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter necessarily the number of employees. That's pretty arbitrary. It's about whether they are agorists and they comply with government regulations. Now, again, you said there's no difference between principles and pragmatism. There's a, a big difference, obviously. On principle, I'm a voluntarist and cap. I believe the government should not exist, should not coerce anyone ever, no taxes, no restrictions at all. Um, practically speaking, and like Frank reminded us, the debate resolution is in this current world, we're here on earth, where the courts and the government propaganda and the courts have given standing and unemployment is paid out to those who stay home. So you know, the government's putting their weight on the scales. So yes, I, I think that the businesses that, that, you know, we can make some metrics of the businesses that have less than a certain amount of regulation, where little to no regulation or a negligible amount of government coercion influence of their business could be exempt, maybe. But, but ideally, I would say 100% agorism. Maybe if the business is determined by some committee that I trust, if there was someone in government I trusted to just make a distinction of a measurement of, if you are less than 5% controlled by the government, like, um, if I can think of a business offhand, I don't know, a, a super duper simple business where there are essentially no restrictions. Like if I were officially an author and I had all the acts of an author business and there are really no restrictions, I sell books, maybe they could be exempt possibly. Um, but, but I'm not sure, but I'm willing to see that the tiny businesses are different than the mega corporations. And there might be some exemption for those that are agorist or 99% or agorist. <coughs> But you're assuming that like the restrictions somehow help them, like regulations. No, they are a victim. You said they're a victim. I agree. I agree. The smallest ones are victims. To run their businesses. And it was a transfer of wealth to, to Amazon and Walmart. I agree. Terrible government bureaucracy and they're, they're victims and. Being a victim does not mean you're not part of the government. I, I've heard from many people who are government school teachers and government police who said, listen, I hate it too. I'm a victim. I don't want to be doing this. So, so I, I see your point, but victim doesn't necessarily mean 100% private. So that's not the same thing. Thank you.
that uh, these uh, private, private public partnership businesses are under a lot of regulations that they really have their freedoms restricted so much so that they really don't have much um, autonomy. Uh, so I wanted to make an analogy and see what your thoughts are on it. So let's say someone was in prison and they are very compliant, they have learned the rules of the prison, they actually don't, aren't looking forward to getting out because they've got three free, free meals a day. In fact, they're a rat. They uh, cooperate with the wardens, they rat other people out, and they get all the perks for that. And they're like doing okay being in prison. One thing they get to decide, which they don't get to decide very much. They don't decide where to go outside, they don't get to decide what they wear, they don't get to decide when they sleep, but they do get to decide who they eat lunch with. And they decide that, you know what, they're not gonna eat lunch with anyone that doesn't brush their teeth. Because you know, brushing your teeth is really important for your health. And the superintendent uh, makes an announcement, actually, from now on, you, you can still decide who you're gonna eat lunch with, but you can't say that you won't eat lunch with them because they don't brush their teeth. Would you say that that's a restriction of their freedom? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. I'll try to repeat it because it's not a super simple question. <laughs> Rebecca asked, in a, a prison, uh, prisoners have very little autonomy in decisions. One of the few decisions they have is who they eat lunch with. If a prisoner made an announcement that he would not eat lunch with anyone who does not brush their teeth, can the warden uh, restrict him and force him to eat lunch with those who do not brush their teeth? Is that what you asked? So, would that be restricting his freedom? Yeah, would it be restricting his freedom to say that he can't make the decision on who to eat lunch with if it's based on teeth brushing? Yeah, yeah again, under normal circumstances, in an ideal world, I would say that that would be restricting his freedom. He should have 100% freedom of association. And again, I'm the biggest advocate, or I guess the second biggest advocate, of freedom of association. <laughs> I, I think freedom of association is, under normal circumstances, not current fascism, not socialist republic of America, where we currently live in the Union. Under normal circumstances, freedom of association is one of the most important freedoms, and it's a natural human right, you know, and it should be protected under normal circumstances. But on the other hand, so in your question, yes, I would say he has the freedom of association. The reason why there is an exemption in this case is because it's not really private. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, if that prisoner were not really private, if he were a, uh, a cyborg where 51% of his hardware was made, was controlled by the government, then he's not really a private person. Um, so yeah, I hope that helps answer it. Yes, I agree with freedom of association, but in this corona fascism business mandate, I support restricting the mandate because the mandate was not made of their own volition. And again, we can go ask any business. Did you make this mandate based on their own volition or because of government tyranny forces you're afraid of courts and lawsuits, liability, unemployment, CMS issues, insurance dropping you? And we can ask them. And those who really made it of their own volition, some people love the vaccines and they can have vaccine mandates. But those who made it because they were afraid of government, those should be reversed. So I, I hope that helps at least someone answer a question. Thank you. Uh, question for Daniel. Yeah. Uh, so to come back to the previous uh, black and white scenario, uh, in the case that New Hampshire would be forced by the feds to either do a mandate to force vaccination or to do a mandate to ban vaccination like Florida did, which one would be would you be in favor of? Uh, I would be against both because I'm not in favor of the, the use. I, I would be against both because I'm not in favor of the use of government force in either direction. The scenario right. being forced. So either if you agree or don't agree, a uh, decision will be taken. Okay, so but I I, cho I choose neither of those. I mean, I think you're giving me a false choice and I don't have to play within your paradigm. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying uh, I, I reject both of those scenarios. Okay, do you, do you want to hurt person A or person B? You only have those two options. No, I have a third option, which is fuck you, I'm not hurting either of them. Uh, so I, 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 I uh, uh, so that that would be my answer to that. But I, if, if to 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 reply to to, to what Alu uh, said um, earlier, I mean his, his argument of well, you know, some businesses uh, uh, 
are, 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 are forced to get the vaccine because of government mandates. Well, then is it the solution to have businesses to be free to make their own choices and then you know exactly what businesses choose to require vaccines and those who don't? That seems to be the best way to really know whether they're making those choices voluntarily or their own to get the government out of it completely. Then we know. So that i think is more uh, in favor of my favor but if you're asking me you know uh do you support the use of government force to require vaccines or to prohibit them i would say i require neither and i'm i'm not choosing either of those choices yes i yes to me the solution to the trolley problem is to run over the person who presents you with the dilemma in the first place <laughs> You know, when I was in a when I, when I was in when I was in a graduate school, I had a professor, and he wrote this article, and he said um, there are some libertarians that are so uh, uh, dogmatic they wouldn't even uh, murder one person to save the entire human race. And in class, he asked me, Daniel, would you murder one person to save the entire human race? And I, when he asked me the question, I realized what he was trying to do. He was trying to get me to say no and say, ooh, I, I would let the whole human race perish. So I thought about it, and I said, yeah, I'd, I'd murder one person to, to save the entire human race. I'd murder you. And no, I got an A in the class. I, uh, and uh, he, didn't like, he didn't like that answer very much. And then he goes, well, suppose, you know, you couldn't murder me, then what? And so I said, we have children, don't you? <laughs> so yes, I think the answer to the trolley problem is to run over the person who presents you in the dilemma. I don't think it's to, to kill one or three. Or five. Um, Alu, uh, one of the things that you've mentioned or you've uh, put a spotlight on is the distinction between smaller businesses and larger businesses, such as uh, corporations like Walmart um, and Amazon and Google. Um, a lot of the framing here has also been in a sort of... Uh, the government as controlling the corporations when uh, I think you would actually agree that is probably not the accurate uh, line. There's a lot of benefit and money, that's not the right line of causality, but there's a lot of benefit and money to be made and it's a great investment to buy a um, uh, lobbyists to lobby for restrictions and actions for the government to lobby in favor of things that you're already doing. Uh, I think you would also agree that we already see many times where the government comes in from behind after we have made improvements to toilets or we've already made improvements to light bulbs and then say by way of regulation, oh, this will be what is necessary. Um, and I see that some of your arguments uh, wouldn't exactly hold for examples of like, in New Hampshire, where I would be hard-pressed to find an employer from any of these large businesses who would pay me $7.25. Like, I would have to put in significant effort to actually find someone to pay me that wage from one of these corporations where they are offering rates well above that. So if the government is full of regulations, that are being imposed on businesses, a lot of them that these businesses lobbied for and asked for, that aren't even, like, aren't even applied to their decisions. They don't even factor into their decisions because they are already beyond 
they, 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 are, they are taking steps beyond whatever is required of them by the government, what would you think of that uh, line of reasoning as it applies to your line of reasoning about how much choice an individual business owner has or corporation? Excellent question. Mo said that a lot of the biggest businesses actually you know, and we're targeting primarily bigger businesses. And I said, I might have an unprincipled carve out for small businesses, but the big businesses where we would apply this mandate ban to actually, like you said, and you have a good point, I agree. They are not really controlled by regulations because Walmart does not pay minimum wage. They pay a lot more, meaning the minimum wage probably does not factor into their, their salaries at all. And you're probably right. I agree. Uh, they pay like 15, $18 an hour minimum wage in New Hampshire, 725 to the federal minimum wage. We don't have one. Um, and, uh, other business, other, things too, uh, you know, the toilets and the other stuff. Another good example is the backup camera. It was becoming more popular in cars for the past five, 10 years. And then a year or two ago, the government said, we're going to say every car made after 2020 or 2019 has to have backup cameras. See, we're saving lives, but it was already happening. And then they'd come in and take credit for it. And you're right. It's extremely complicated. Now, that being said, even though most cars were doing it still wasn't standard. Now this has to be standard. But now, no car, Honda wants to make a cheap car for 18 grand, they can't. Because by law, men with guns will come and will screw them and punish them if they don't have a backup cam. Now their cheapest car is $25,000, not 18. And that's the government's fault. So again, Honda and every car company, because of EPA standards and now safety standards and the NHTSA and highway and all that stuff, is not really their decision. So if you ask Honda, why do you have a backup cam in your lowest tier car? It's not because of their own volition, it's because the government forced them to by men with guns. Now, you're right, it's extremely complicated as far as the, the fascism. So the fascism has evolved to super fascism. A super fascism <laughs> is when is when Walmart is so in bed with the government and they have so much money that, and this is basics of monopoly they can they can support and lobby for regulations that hurt them a bit but kill off the lower competitors because they can handle absorbing some impact because they're bigger and stronger and a tiny bit of water of, five, of three feet will kill a toddler but you'll survive it it won't hurt you that much but the, that little bit of water will kill the toddlers so Walmart supports and we all know this now with super fascism Walmart does support legislation regulations minimum wage and you know ADA and OSHA stuff and all the regulations that kill off their competitors so you're right it's it is complicated and they are still um you know coerced by influenced by some regulations some yes, some no. Some hurt competitors, so they love the regulations. Some regulations they don't like, but you're right. They are very much in bed. The biggest corporations, Walmart, Amazon, Google, and the biggest corporations, the, the billion, trillion dollar valuation corporations are very much in bed with government on a lot of issues. So I'd agree on that point, but the point still stands that every business, including the biggest ones, are very much influenced by the government still. He said, oh, Alu is an a-hole, he's playing semantics. The, the resolution said private business, and he took advantage of everyone because common parlance, private business means something, and Alu's using semantics that shouldn't work here. Well, what, what, are you familiar with court? You've seen some TV shows and you know, law dramas. They, never, they almost never attack the actual case. He didn't murder him. No, they do semantics. They say, well, on a technicality, the court in the first place, under the, you know, uh, initial hearing doesn't have jurisdiction. A jurisdictional uh, capacity is the first thing courts actually hear. First, you have to prove jurisdiction to hear that exact case and that exact jurisdiction for that exact type of thing. So they go after technicalities. We all know lawyers, little technicalities. 99.99% of what lawyers do is semantics and technicalities. So to say that we should totally impeach this whole thing and give him the win, he said, oh, Frank, give me the trophy now. The debate's not over. Give me the trophy. Don't even take a vote because I won because he's arguing based on semantics. Yes. Sorry. The rules are the rules, buddy. Sorry. You know, you could use semantics. So yes, I understand that it said in current situation under our current authoritarianism of corona fascism, yes, private businesses are not really private. I understand their technicalities and semantics, but so be it. So I want to get that out of the way because yeah, in court they do it. If it holds up in court, it should definitely hold up here in you know our clubhouse of, of a liberty debate. So another point I didn't get a chance to make that is 
and he still hasn't addressed a single time. I hope he does it in his closing statement because I'd love to hear it. He kept saying they're private businesses. They're totally making the decision based on the road. He has not addressed the fact that the government is putting their weight on the scale. Is it 99% or 100% or 0% or 1% or 50%? I don't know. But you can't deny that when the government is going to use taxpayer money to pay your employees to sit home, unless you obey them, you will obey them. If I were going to pay your employees more than you pay them, or the same amount or less to stay home, you will comply with me. It's that simple. So, you know, the lawsuits, the unemployment, the CMS, all the regulations, and, and the soft coercion, corona fascism, and um, the, the reputational damage to businesses that the government is doing, going after businesses that don't support corona fascism. That's, you know, definitely an issue he has not addressed yet. He also mentioned, oh, big companies can go bankrupt. They have, you know, they have uh, pretty private investors that can go bankrupt. No, they can't. The biggest businesses are bailed out time and time again. Was it uh, GMC, the big auto manufacturers, the uh, big banks were bailed out after 2008, and the biggest airlines were bailed out during 2020 corona fascism. So all the biggest corporations know they can't go bankrupt. They're bailed out. Now, to be honest, I don't know if after the government gives them billion-dollar bailouts, the government takes some equity or just gives them the money for free because it's taxpayer money. It's not their money. I don't know. But either way, it's fascism and it's government involvement. Um, I think the government should take equity and just stop hiding it. Just just be open and you're fascist and you own 20, 50% of the company. And you know you bought the airlines. You gave them billions. You're an investor. You get equity. It's that simple. Just be upfront about it. Don't pretend you gave them money as a gift. It's taxpayer money, so take equity. Another point is coercion under, consent under coercion, we all know as libertarians, we debate this, you know, consent a lot. It's not consent. Your Honor, she did say yes. Um, uh, Mr., do you know the gun to her head? Your Honor, she said yes. I had a gun. It was pointed at her. I cocked it back. I said it's loaded. If you don't go to bed with me, I'll kill you. But she said yes. So obviously, we all agree that does not work in court. A coerced consent does not work. So when we say, you know, the businesses are doing something, they consent, the employees consent, it's under coercion. And it's hard coercion. It's not just soft coercion. If I were to come up here you know, it's a hard debate, but it would be an impossible debate or extremely difficult if I were to say there's soft coercion, there's NPR, which is somewhat government funded, and PBS and um, Big Bird is somewhat government funded, and they are saying vaccines are great and singing songs about vaccines. That's soft coercion that you could give or take, and you have some discretion. But we're talking about hard coercion where the courts are saying if someone, if your employee sues you because you have an unsafe work environment, we will not throw out the case, not dismiss it, give you standing, and sue them for damages. So again, that's the government putting the weight on the scale. And finally, you said that businesses have discretion and therefore they're private, they're totally private. They don't have to listen to the government. You know who else doesn't have to listen to the government? Cops, they have discretion. Cops have 100% discretion, pretty much. They can arrest you or look the other way. Cannabis, they can arrest you or look the other way. They can pull you over or not pull you over or pull you over and give you a warning. They have almost 100% discretion, totally. I have, you know, stepbrother, plenty of friends who are, have been cops, pl plenty of friends and family who have been cops. I've asked them. They have almost 100% discretion. Technically, if they see a violent felony like a murder in progress, they're not supposed to walk away. They're supposed to try to stop it or arrest the person. Other than that, they have near total discretion. So, would you say we should never restrict police? When there's a bill next year in the legislature to restrict police use of LPRs or guns or qualified immunity, would you say, no, we can't restrict police. They're not government, they're private. They're private citizens. You know, I have friends who are cops and friends who I actually like. Good people, private people who love freedom. There, there are people in the community who are, who are cops. Should we not restrict them because they have discretion? Government teachers, they have discretion. Teachers have a lot of discretion. Should we not restrict teachers because they have some discretion? They're private? Come on now. It's obviously a ridiculous argument saying if you have any discretion, you're not private. Dictator Sanu has some discretion, technically. Is he a, a private citizen when he's acting in the capacity as dictator? No. So that's obviously a ridiculous argument. So again, finally, we are talking about the real world. Ideally, as I said before, and I'll repeat it again, so you can't call me a statist again, even though you will. <laughs> we're living in this real world where there is real coercion. So if, if there were a bill, and I would love for you to answer this in your closing statement, if there was legislation right now, the filing period's over, it was over in December, if there was a bill to restrict even some businesses or all businesses from having vaccine mandates, that, you know, and the vaccines are actually hurting some people, and they totally violate bodily autonomy. Would you support that bill? And it's too late to file a bill getting rid of restrictions. That's what we all want, but it doesn't happen. You know, it did not happen. Would you support the bill or not support the bill? Because, you know, that's the only 
choice we have. And it's not a false choice. It's the only choice we have. Either support this bill or let people be abused by the fascist, semi-government, uh, you know, public-private partnership companies. So I would love for you to address that too. And, and please do address the fact that the government has tipped the scales. You still have not acknowledged that the government has tipped the scales with real hard coercion from the courts and from un paying unemployment from all these regulations, the hard and soft coercion. I would love for you to address that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's super fascism. Um, well, first of all, uh, I never said that uh, private businesses could do what they want because they have discretion. I don't, because I agree that's a ridiculous argument and I've never made it. Um, now, I've also never said that we live in a world where there are not government restrictions and that people are totally free. Of course, there are government restrictions. The solution isn't more government restrictions, it's freedom. Um, now, uh, what I would say uh, is that that is the solution. Uh, people being free to make their own choices. Of course, there, there are government restrictions, and of course, uh, uh, government is compelling people, and perhaps yet there are businesses that require vaccines as a result of uh, the media's fear and, and, government, uh, uh, and government, and they're afraid of being shut down by the state. But the solution is to end that, and to end that government control, not to just have uh, coercion uh, in, in another uh, direction uh, where, where you happen to like it and, and want it to be. So I, I'm not in favor uh, of government coercion. I'm not arguing that we live in a world where people are truly free, but I think the answer to an unfree world is to move in the direction of greater freedom and less government control. Not saying, well, because government's violating all our rights in these areas, maybe we should do it in these other areas. And it's totally naive of ALU to say, well, see, the only businesses that I want to support, that I want government to, 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 to prevent the mandates are, are the businesses that aren't truly private. The businesses that are truly private, I don't want to restrict. Do you think government's going to make the distinction between what business is truly private or not? And that's naive. Once you allow a government force, you don't really have control. It's like a fire to say it's only going to be limited to this. It's like, you know, minarchists who say, oh, I only want to use force uh, to, to protect people. You know, I view government as like a dragon and it's only going to smite my enemies. No. Once you allow the dragon to be fire, it's not really going to make a distinction between what direction it's going. So I think it's naive to believe that, well, you know, I, I want the government to only restrict these businesses which, you know, are technically private but aren't really, and I want them to leave the agorist businesses alone. It's naive to believe that they would do that. Uh, so I think the solution is uh, more and more pri uh, privatization. But I never made the argument that uh, uh, private businesses have discretion and therefore that's the reason that they should uh, be free to make decisions. Obviously, I'm, I'm not in favor of government police or uh, government uh, propagandists, also known as uh, teachers, I guess. But uh, so, yeah, I, I, uh, that, that's, that's what I would say um, in, 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 in that direction. Uh, you know, I, I think to, to make this sort of distinction of saying, well, you know, I'm, I, I'm a libertarian, you know, and we have all these principles, but, you know, this is the real world, and our principles are only for, you know, some fantasy land. I mean, that's ridiculous. I'm a libertarian because I think they work in the real world. Okay, I'm not a libertarian because they work on cloud nine or because they exist on some ideal utopia. Utopia is not an option. Uh, we, the whole point of principles is what are the tools you need in order to live in reality. So I don't think these are dependent on some ideal. It's not like I'm a libertarian in my head, but in the real world, I'm a statist. No, I think, um, I think that you know, in the real world, we can apply these principles and we can have these freedoms. And so um, I, I think you know. You, I think it's 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 a false choice. 
to say, well, you know, we don't we don't have total freedom and we don't have total liberty, and and these businesses are are are, are only requiring vaccines as a result of go government manipulation and mass media's fear towards COVID. That may be true. But you know how we know for sure whether whether businesses are requiring vaccines because they want to or whether they're forced by the government? Do you know the best way to know? Let businesses be free to do what they want and then see how many businesses require vaccines or not. Then we know if they're free to do it. That's the real solution, um, not government control and government uh, coercion as my statist opponent would like. Uh, see, I, I kept my promise. I'd call him a statist again. Uh, anyway. Uh, Sorry, it's on all right, so to remind you, uh, before the debate, the numbers were 21.4% agree, 42.9% disagree, and 35.7% undecided. After the debate, with a change of plus 28.5% in the disagree column, Daniel is the winner. So, agree, agree, agree dropped 7.1%, the undecideds dropped 21.4%, and the, the disagrees